This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Darren Moser, sitting in the center chair this week, sporting my red captain's uniform for pips, which I can dramatically take off when I disagree with my co-host as I storm out. But I'm also joined by my co-host, Daniel Prue, our resident blue shirt, sitting, of course, to my left. That's where all the blue shirts sit. So, uh, Daniel, how's it, how's it going? Are you, are you feeling adequately represented on the bridge today? Uh, well, again, uh, the answer to that question is the same as it's always been, Darren, um, because I am the only one wearing a blue shirt on the bridge. No, I do not think I am adequately represented. In fact, like I've said before, I feel kind of like the token blue shirt. I mean, it's not like they had a whole episode talking about how when Picard became a blue shirt, he basically wanted to like end his life. Don't get me started, Darren. Don't even get me started. Oh, the 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 blue shirt representation in TNG is is it's disgusting. It's deplorable. It is terrible. I mean, Data could have been a blue shirt. Data should have been a blue shirt. Let's let's Data be honest. Data should have been a blue shirt. He's a computer. Of course he should. Oh, I mean, I guess it makes sense for engineering, kind of. But no, come on. Data in blue. Well, we've already talked. There's a whole we, episode. We've already about sung kind of about stuff. Data in blue, but you'll have to listen to episode <laughs> like five to get that one. But well, I'm also joined by my co-host, Red Shirt, as always, Commander Philip Gilfis, sitting to my right. How's it going? I see you're 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 rolling out the new uniform as we rotate through a eight month long process of shifting between red on the chest to red on the shoulders. That's right. And actually, I guess spoiler alert: we all eventually go to a blue shirt because it's all blue right here on the top, and then we just wear color collar. So you get your revenge eventually, Daniel. No, no, I'm happy to be representing red. Red represents, as always, leading the way. You know, um, we're sort of like uh, you know the movie with the high schoolers who take on the commies. You know, red rules. So, um, you know, just like, just wouldn't, like, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't we be the commies though? If we're <laughs> Look, I think the, the economics of the 24th century are somewhat different. <laughs> what does that have to do with, uh, well, you would think we are going to be talking about crew positions, uniforms, and Daniel's highly underrepresented blue shirts, but no, we're actually going to be talking about, costuming in star trek the next generation well in star trek in general so looking past the fourth wall the view screen as it were uh to this real world that we get to inhabit where there's this thing called star trek and you know what there's some awesome costumes that people like to dress up in uh now as i i will be talking with philip a lot about this topic as he uh, i think had the first one of our group uh, not counting when we were all young and every costume was a costume because that's what happens when you're little. But yeah, but today I wanted to talk about, you know, dressing up in Star Trek, but also about the fan group, uh, Starfleet International, the 
International Starfleet Fan Group. You know, that makes sense. I see why they call it that now. Uh, <laughs> but let's start off with just general cosplay. Now, again, everyone knows that I like being a stormtrooper which is from a galaxy far, far away that just happens to have the word star in it. So can we just let it go that they're different universes and are equally awesome? One's having a great movie coming out this year and the other one's stuck in development purgatory forever. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but One one JJ ruined and one JJ will ruin. It's completely <laughs> hey, different. No, hey, <laughs> but, uh, but no, so... Philip, you've, I think you've worn, the, the, here's a question, Philip. Have you worn your uniform outside the house? Because that's uh, really the mark of, a, of someone who's cosplaying. Wait, I'm allowed to go outside my house? What the heck have I been doing? I mean, okay. um, no, I, <laughs> live, yeah. Philip, live, <laughs> take life. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think the, my first um, Star Trek uniform, you know, the traditional TNG uniform um, that, in fact, uh, you're Darren's wearing right now that no one can see. Um, I, I mean, I'm that. not wearing your TNG uniform. It's not like you mailed it to me and I'm wear. I mean, that would be weird. And that's not at all what happened co-host before anyway um you know I, and i and i was at my first convention i went to um which i think would have been like show oh, 99 i think 1999 and that was one where it had all the original crew you're just a babe I, it was not at all i was in college but anyway um but anyway <laughs> so but so I bought, I bought it there um and that was cool and i still own it and still wear it occasionally and then a few years ago i can't remember when i i have the one I currently am wearing, and I think I got it from eBay or something. And this is what we you could either call the Voyager, the DS9, or as I like to call it, the Star Trek Generations uniform. Um, and it's very uh, versatile. It is. It is. It's it's very. It's the 24th century version of the sweatshirt. You can just other places that I've I've worn it um, outside. In, more recently, in the past two years, when I started to go to a few more conventions, not necessarily Star Trek, because um, there's been horror conventions I've been to that's here in North Carolina, and other sci-fi comic conventions, that's when I started to really bring it out more. And when I went to Dragon Con a few years ago, busted it out then. And then, of course, I have a uh, my Starfleet group, which we'll talk about eventually, each once a month, and sometimes I'll bring it out for them, too. Now, have you ever done the uh, Trek fan going to the Ren Fair? Because I hear that's, you know, it, it's towing the line. <laughs> I mean, you're either going to get a lot of pictures and a lot of applause or they're going to throw, they're going to throw, uh, you know, giant ham hocks at your head. <laughs> well, it was funny because uh, I just did a mystery theater the other last week, which was set in a Ren Faire. Um, but anyway, no, you know, I've never been to a real Ren Faire, so I, don't, I, I would have to, I don't know. I, I, that could be a good time traveling. I would probably dress as my Doctor Who one instead. That would definitely mess them up instead. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there's a there's a large local Ren fair down here in Southern California, and and every once in a while you get someone pulling that card, but usually like they'd much rather go with the simpler Renaissance type uh, type garb. You know, they made chainmail out of bottle tops or something like that. But um, now, like I said, I have this command red uh, again. I just it's my well. Okay, is this my favorite of the uniforms? I don't know. The DS9 one, first contact one is 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 really good. It's hard it's hard to say, but uh I I, I, I like this one and, and I have worn it outside. I can't recall now actually. But I was a young, loving Star Trek lad when I was little, pre ninety nine. And uh, you know, I had my probably my generation's, you know, jumpsuit 
uh, definitely does not fit me anymore. Um, but I think when I, I had a big Star Trek birthday one year and, uh, and I was that friend that, you know, we're going to have an awesome party guys coming over and it, it was Star Trek themed and all my friends had to put up with it, but no, they, they, they still like me. Darren, you, you, you said you, you, you said you're not sure if you wore it outside, but I mean, you know, all of our listeners and, and I think me and Philip, we all believe that you, you wear that uniform underneath the Stormtrooper armor, don't you? Well, yeah, I have to represent both fandoms equally. That is true. It's <laughs> exactly. written into my Trek FM clause. Chris would fire me if I didn't uh, didn't wear yeah. it. Yes, no, that's true. Yeah, because, I mean, the but, Wars.fm podcast you do is just definitely... Oh, wait. That's the Wars.fm. Oh, that's a good idea. No. <laughs> um, is that... Would that be like uh, like blue milk? Is that like like Earl Grey kind of a thing? Like, is that what it would be? There you go. The companion to Earl Grey, blue milk. I'm sure it's already been taken. You guys remember how hard it was to come up with Earl Grey as a title. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, now, Daniel, I think we'd already discussed on the uh, on the holodeck that you had not particularly cosplayed uh, as a. Um, uh, as a character, but I know I've seen you wear a lot of awesome geeky shirts every single time you show up to a uh, uh, to a recording. Do you have a particular Star Trek favorite one, or one that you know you feel when you when you're trying to represent your fandom in a way that doesn't make it seem like you came from your mother's basement? You know, look, it's a very lovely basement, <laughs> and I don't think you should. <laughs> well, you you know it's. Man, like I, I love actually. I like every time there's conventions around, or, or you know, there, you see these photos online of these people who do these these crazy costumes and stuff like that. Like, I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. It's just not the way I like. I guess I'm lazy in my <laughs> fan I think our listeners have to realize <laughs> that Daniel cosplays as Captain Picard every summer. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Picard's slash Captain anybody else because he's got the blue shirt. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So like you know, like it's just something that I just I think is great. It's just not anything that I like. I think about a lot. But like Darren says, I I certainly represent as much as I can. I have a, I I love t-shirts. T-shirts are easy. See, this is this is why it's great for me because I just wear. I can wear any Star Trek t-shirt I want at any time. This is actually why I kind of think that if I were to cosplay, I would probably cosplay as, as like Spock or a TOS character because they just wear t-shirts and pants. <laughs> it's like super simple. I can handle that. Um, but uh, no, 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 I've never, I've never really gotten into it um, f- from, from, a, from an actual like person that is actually cosplaying, but I, I actually really appreciate it. And, and, uh, like I'm jealous of you guys. I see you guys here in your uniforms, and I'm like, man, I wish I had one. But like I said, I'm just kind of lazy in that. Well, you know, aspect. and it's interesting how simple or how intricate you go because I think with Star Trek cosplay, in some ways, in some ways, it's simple. I mean, if you're going to Starfleet, you know, it's really you just buy the thing and pull it over. Especially your head like and, TOS Starfleet. Yeah, you know, provide your own black pants and boots, and you're you're there. You know, it's not like. But I mean, of course, you can get more intricate. Like I, I recently saw another uh, member. I don't, I don't know her, but just on Facebook, another member of Starfleet International who has her own uh, Q Judge. Um, oh wow! Cosplay, which I'm sure is not easy to put together. <laughs> um, so I mean, it can certainly get more intricate. And then you, there Klingons. Obviously, there's lots of Klingons when you go to a conventions, yeah. and so. However, the makeup and the wigs and all that stuff is done, and so basically, what I'm asking Daniel is, would you sit there and drip, paint yourself blue? Um, maybe, but actually, what I'm what, now that I'm thinking about it, like obscure TNG cosplays, what I'm thinking, what I want to do now is, 
and you guys are going to have to help me out with this episode title. <laughs> Is it um, a Q title? The, no, no. <laughs> no, it's not a Q episode. It's the one where the guy ascends to, to Q status with a, the orange uh, the orange. Oh, man you want to be the John morph Doe? suit. <laughs> John Doe, yeah. John, John Doe from that. Uh, Transfigurations. I want to wear that, that that crazy suit and then just put like LEDs all over my body or something like that. That would definitely be a uh, unique no, but it's, I, I love that. <laughs> Nobody would get it. And then you could it. actually Nobody have like a name that tag that says John Doe to make it even worse. <laughs> my name is John Doe. And they're like, that doesn't help. Still nobody that would doesn't help at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, man, man, like I said, like, like, like you're mentioning, Philip, that it's, you know, what you guys have maybe isn't necessarily the most of all intricate. Like, you guys don't have that, like, full Iron Man moving armor pieces kind of cosplay. But still, to me, like, uh, what you guys do, what you guys have right now uh, is is just, to, I don't know, like, it, I, it's not that I'm not interested. It's not, like I said, I'm, I think it's super cool when I see it. Uh, it just... Um, it's just not anything that I've ever really considered doing myself. I don't know why. I don't really have a reason. I guess it's just well, not my I think thing. It, it really goes to the different levels of fandom, which doesn't mean like, oh, you're not a you know, like the circles I'm a of hell. You three. know, it's, you're it's not like two. one's better no, than no. the other. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, because it is interesting. Because I think of like when I was at Dragon Con and, and other conventions. You know, there's times it was like, hey, let's go get something to eat and not pay a million dollars. So let's you know go out to the, the you know outside of this block here, Outs- um, outside the bubble, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then you're like suddenly like in a Chick Fil A in a Star Trek uniform. You're like, it's eh, probably a little weird, isn't it? But anyway, but you know, you just have to like go with it. So yeah, but I mean, it, it certainly can be a little. You know, how much? How do you want to? fly your your fan trekkie freak flag and so you know it's usually you have that safety of the convention but then it's like uh you know i know this is weird if i just among the normals well and and i mean one thing you know i haven't been to a lot of conventions but the one i have you know sometimes not dressing up is actually more fun because you it's just easier because if you're in a really really good costume like you're stopping for pictures like every couple of feet so you know in some unless you're a stormtrooper in which case if you have a group of you guys you just start walking and people just get out of your way uh which is you, great it's really you fun to yourself well i always smile ding ding I mean, you don't mean to, but I always smile in pictures. And how many oh. times I've heard the uh, "Oh, did you blink?" Yeah, yeah, it's a great joke. Yeah, I haven't heard that a million times, but like, oh, I have to take that photo again. I miss shooting you. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's, that's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> but. Cosplay is not the only thing we're talking about here. On let's let's move on to our second topic. So, what I really wanted to also talk about was um, you know Starfleet International, which is an organization I don't have a, a lot of experience with. I'm kind of starting to dabble in. Uh, I mean, obviously, I have a lot of experience with the I guess counterpart on the other side of the galaxy with the 501st. Uh, Even which, for wars, yeah, not a lot of them. <laughs> save it for blue uh, milk, for blue, milk. <laughs> blue milk tea uh but uh but philip you are a member of starfleet international which i don't know what's their tagline the international group of star trek fans <laughs> no it's uh because it's it's incorporated it's actually incorporated in anyone want to guess which state iowa 
North Thank you. Carolina. That's NC wow, just... for North Carolina. Um, yes, it's incorporated here in my state. Um, but it's, so it's actually like, it's almost you know it's like a legit nonprofit. So like its formal name, you know. But yeah, it's it's a Starfleet International sorry Starfleet International Fan Association Incorporated. It's actually, but yeah, that, that's I don't know if it really has a tagline per se, but we scare because we care <laughs> exactly. Well, and it's, it's wait, that's Monsters Incorporated. Sorry, that's, no. <laughs> But yeah, because I joined, I forget, because I think there was a meetup group um, where I live here, that, and that's how I first sort of discovered it. Um, and so I've, I think I'm in my second year now, and and Starfleet uh, is sort of like, but when I joined, um, Starfleet is, is sort of like, a, you know, there's ranks and everything, and people dress up or don't dress it up. It seems fairly inclusive, like it's, you know, you can take it as far as you want, you don't have to dress up, you don't have to... But it, but like many fan things, the more you put into it, the more you probably will enjoy it. Right. Like so, for instance, I'm a member of the USS Bonaventure, um, is what it's called, um, where I live, and and different chapters. You know, some are starships, some are star bases, some are you know shuttles. Um, but yeah, since I joined, you know, there's there's um, there's a Starfleet Academy. There's an actual Starfleet Academy. If you Google Starfleet Academy, Ooh. you'll find the website. Um, and you, you take courses. And you, when you take the first um, the officer training school, you earn your commission to become an ensign. And so my rank in Starfleet is lieutenant junior grade because I've only been a year and a half or two years. So like Jordy when he started uh, Next <laughs> exactly. Gen. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm hoping to put in my lieutenant uh, stuff for, for this year. But anyway, um, but it's all for fun. I mean, the ranks don't really mean anything. Yeah. It's just for fun. I mean, you, once you get higher in the, in the organization – you know the, the the fleet captains and the admirals. You know they sort of and there's like regions because uh, it, it's organized by chapter. You know where you live. Then there's regions. I forget how many there are throughout the country. And then of course there's the you know the, the head shed of the actual you know common you know the commander of Starfleet and all that. Yeah, I think there's like ten or twelve regions mm. worldwide or so it seems. Yeah, yeah. Like I know I'm in region four. I'm in region one. And you're in region one. Whoa. Yeah, I know. That's right. Fancy. Number one. That's right. <laughs> That's East right. Coast, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and, and I think, and there's also this, these all these subgroups. Like there's the Starfleet Marine Corps, um, so okay. which is they sort of have their own uniform and their own thing and their own rank, right? Because it's Marine uh, ranks, um, not not Starfleet ranks, um, and. Um, but yeah, it's it's just interesting. Like like with Starfleet Academy, one of the things I'm doing now is I'm actually creating a course in Starfleet Academy um, where I'm going to basically be sort of quote unquote teaching at Starfleet Academy. Um, so I'm working with the commandant. You're gonna to be Boothby. I know. Well, you know, just like Tuvok. You know, he taught at the academy or O'Brien, really. Um, and and I've really enjoyed it because I think each chapter kind of does its own thing in some ways. You just sort of have that envelop. Like for instance, I know the chapter I'm at. You know, people don't necessarily are diehard dress up, but I know there's a similar chapter in this area where I live where I think they're more like they put on their monster maroons every meeting, you know, and all that stuff and everything. And so you know, it's it's, it's to each chapter. But uh, but I've enjoyed it because I think the one thing that that and I don't know what you know Daniel and Darren your experience has been. Um, for the, ever, for the longest time, since in the 25 years almost, you know, that I've been a, a TNG and Star Trek fan, like, I really haven't met, had a lot of, like, in real life interaction with, with Star Trek fans. I mean, like, when I was in high school, I got my, my, my best friend and all that. But, like, other than that, you know, and so it was really interesting that, you know, other than the internet experience in the past few years with Trek FM and everything else. Um, Not everyone can have awesome Star Trek co-hosts they get to talk about <laughs> Star Trek every single week with. <laughs> exactly. And so this was really my first in the past two years. I mean, to, to be 
honest. This is the first time I really like, was in a like group of 15 to 20 people that we could just like all enjoy Star Trek with. So I don't know what y'all's experience has been, but that's kind of been kind of a new and cool thing that I like about having, you know, a as I call it, IRL in real life, um, Star Trek group to, to, to be around. <laughs> You're so hip of the times, Philip. Uh, I can't even stand it. I'm totes cool. So you said your <laughs> ship is the USS Bonaventure. Which what kind of ship is that? Oh Lord, I should know this. Um, I, I I'm totally blanking on, on the. I think you're gonna get demoted pretty I fast know. if uh, you're superior. Like you literally have to like you because uh, my captain was explaining that in the old days, like you had to pick a name that was featured in the show, and the Bonaventure is actually from the animated series. Um, that ship's ah. name, um, and so like, I think they're a little bit looser these days. But anyway, and so yeah, there's the. I mean, there's an actual class, and we have a we're NCC. Oh, my T-shirt is somewhere around here. Um, like one seven two. Dwayne doesn't know the class. I think it's NCC doesn't <laughs> know the NCC one zero two dash A. I th- I think it's on my T-shirt. <laughs> that's like I just look down, and that's where it is. Um, but anyway, yeah, it, it, it does have an A. I remember that. Because uh, I saw your T-shirt mm-hmm. earlier, so um, yeah. So it's interesting. I, I, there's some uh, uh, chapters that actually have like non-Trek names, like it's a Doctor Who reference or it's another one. So it's 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 really because like the group I'm in, I you know I'll, I'll say I'm it's it's I'm fairly younger um, than everyone else, but not necessarily so. But so you have folks who you know were watching TOS in the original, but I think everyone talks about like they'll talk about Supernatural, they'll talk about Doctor Who, they'll talk about you know whatever Arrow or Flash or whatever, and then so you sort of have that the original Battlestar Galactica, so you have that larger sci-fi experience where it's not just Trek, but it's primarily so. Uh, yeah, there's a couple near me. Like one of the things when I was researching Starfleet International is there's you know meeting chapters like the USS Bonaventure. Uh, the largest one down here is uh, the USS uh, Angeles, named after, obviously, Los Angeles. Um, and that is a uh, future um, All Good Things Enterprise. So it's got the extra phase cannon and the extra warp nacelle because, you know, it's just awesome. Is um, it but they do all sorts of things. It's so overpowered. <laughs> I mean, it's just... <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> um, but I know they do a lot of meetups. I know they, you know, do missions and meetups. Go to Disneyland all the time. Do stuff like that, uh, and that's you know that's pretty cool. Uh, so basically, you're saying it's better because it can go to warp eleven or whatever. <laughs> oh no, I'm not saying it's better. It has a higher registry <laughs> number. I'm just saying. But no. okay, here, here um, it is. Here it is. We are we, the Bonaventure is an emissary class. So, Ooh. so every time we go to Bajor, we are treated so well. I really can't explain it. <laughs> well, yes, you know. Uh, but there's one cranky old lady who's mean <laughs> to you every single time you go there. Well, and then the one I was actually looking at joining is a correspondence chapter, which means they don't actually regularly meet in person, but it's more of... I'm sure at the beginning it was mail, but now like email and web forums and such. And that's the USS Gygax, which is, I think, based out of more uh, like San Francisco area. But they're really open to everyone. You know, you could be from wherever. And if you like gaming and you like Star Trek and you enjoy things like that, they're a cool little uh, Akira class uh, ship. And, uh, you know, so that's cool. You know, so again, yeah, I'm just starting to kind of scratch into this universe. And it definitely sounds like... You know, you can do as much or as little as you want. Um, well, I think, and I think the interesting thing about groups like this, and I don't know how, like I said, what y'all 
do or, or think or your experience has been. You know, the concept of um, a, a group, a, a, like a monthly meeting and an organization, you know, it's not necessarily our generation's thing. You know, that you think of that more of like right. – and, and That was pre-internet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like well, when you had to. Well, I also think about – and this is my – just because I'm me. I think about as a, as a military veteran, you know, the VFW and those folks, you know, that's what they do. They meet. But it's hard to get – my generation, the Iraq and Afghanistan folks, because that's not really our thing of going to some place to like meet and you know, blah, blah, blah. like we're more of the internet, we're more of the coffee house generation, we're more of the whatever. And so, but but I don't. In some ways, and again, this is my personal experience. I don't know about y'all. I think with Star Trek and everything else, because it's such more of a insular community, for lack of a better word, that like you know, it's hard to find people that want to talk about you know Star Trek. I think it's. To me, it's not as weird as if I were try to go to a VFW and I'd feel really out of place because like everyone would be ill. But if I go to like a Star Trek meeting or a Starfleet meeting or, or whatever kind of you know convention or whatever, I instantly like, oh, we're all in this together. This is cool. It doesn't matter you know where, wherever we came from or whatever we do, we all can talk about Trek. Yeah, and that's definitely you know one of the things that I really like about Star Trek is it's kind of all inclusivity um, in a lot of ways, not just. Uh, in talking about Star Trek, but also in Star Trek in itself. Um, but yeah, well, and we've had a lot of interactions here on Earl Grey. Uh, you know, this is kind of our own little, uh, you know, group. We've played games. Uh, I've forced you guys to play certain games. Hmm. And uh, I forced you all to but, play certain games. And you forced us to play certain <laughs> games. So, and then Daniel forced us to play. We've all forced each other to play games. So, um, but yeah, I think what you know, what the dressing up and what the the clubs and the meetings and the podcasts, you know, all really comes down to is just finding and talking and being around other people who enjoy something that you really enjoy. Uh because especially with Star Trek is it is rare. I mean, I had a friend at my old uh, my old job where, you know, we were really fortunate that when we first hung out and like went to lunch, you know, just to get to know each other, we found out we both really like Star Trek. And we're like, oh, we could have wasted so much time like not talking about Star Trek if we uh, had not known. And uh, he really enjoyed it, but hadn't seen quite everything. And so I'd make little like playlists, like, oh, watch this episode and this one, and we talk about it. And, and it was great; it was a ton of fun. Um, but uh, but with like our interactions, Daniel, you know, like games. What what do you feel was the best? Which is your favorite? Trek FM. Don't look at Darren. Which, <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, you know, I, I kind of wanted to take your yeah, go for it. Your thought, your thought there, Darren, because um, uh, you know, when I was a kid, um, it's funny that, that you mentioned that it's really just all of this is about connecting with people who who share similar interests. And uh, you know, back in the early days of the internet, I remember um, when we had <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mom, I'm on the phone. Get off the phone. I gotta check my email. <laughs> kids ask your parents so <laughs> and i i remember like the first time like i like for some reason i felt compelled i wanted to talk uh to, to with people about star trek and i wanted to to uh you know kind of uh find like-minded people so i wanted to go on the the official star trek ch- chat room Ooh, back when chat that. rooms were a thing <laughs> wow. uh and and it was funny because this was right around the time where like kids ask your parents like about the internet like was becoming a thing so i was like oh man i guess i should ask permission i think i was maybe 11 or something at the time 
And and I remember speci- very specifically, like, because uh, chat rooms, man, they were great at the time. But <laughs> no, no, kids, don't go to any chat rooms now. It's not like it used to be. <laughs> There's absolutely no reason to go to chat rooms at this time. Oh, great, it's not going to go to chat rooms in the slightest. <laughs> but you know, you know, back in the day when you had you know 56k modems, that was that was how you communicated. It was all text, and and everybody could talk in this one big room, and. and a lot of times it was a, a cluster, and but sometimes it would be a, a lot of fun. And I remember, you know, getting on there and and just basically doing kind of a simpler version of what we do now. You know, not not just here at Earl Grey, but on Trek FM in general, like just finding people that that have this similar interest, like you were saying, Darren, and just connecting with them and talking to them and and arguing about what you like better or or, or discussing what this meant or or that whole kind of thing. So it. You know, maybe didn't get to the depth that we obviously get into now, but you know, for jumping on online and it was a it was a brave you know new world at the time. But uh, that that was a very early experience that I had that just that kind of reminded me of what you were talking about. Yeah, because I, I remember being on the chat rooms and and whenever I was done, I would always say it's just like the same thing we do today. I would say like, well, you know, guys, that was great, um, and I would type the next generation isn't the only thing we've been chatting about. <laughs> <laughs> say live long and prosper as you signed off LLAP man if you if you gave out your twitter handle back then Philip, you would be oh. a really forward thinking person I think <laughs> but yeah it's like what's well the at sign that goes in the middle of an email right yeah. that's that's pretty much what it, yeah but no I, I I wasn't really for I think for me it was like the lunchroom in school like that's where you you got together with your friends, you know. You maybe play, some you us. know, some card games, uh, and uh, you know that's where you you know you'd be able to talk about stuff. And that's what's so fun also about Star Trek is it's I mean it's been around for a while, you know, so much that you know the fact that we're still talking about this show that's hasn't even an iteration of it hasn't been on the air in ten years. Um, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's got a lot of staying power. Um, but you know, but when it, when you're able to do things, you know, or have things that draw you together, like games, like RPG, you know, the EG RPG we did for a while. Um, was, it's EG sure, TNG well, RPG. Get it right, Darren. <laughs> it's copyright. Hey, hey, you, I think my character is still dying of some poison I, last time I, we you, left, uh, Ensign Haig. <laughs> So maybe we should uh, oh, sure. yeah, well, explain exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll take over this point because I am DM. Um, yeah, so so we, uh, in, uh, us three here, the Unholy Trio, um, played a uh, role-playing game based on, of course, the Star Trek Next Generation. Um, and I was the game master. Um, and, of course, we had our two characters here. And um, let's see, I, I feel like doing the like the community, like, introduce yourselves. So, like, you know, so Darren, what was, what was your I character? am a level two. <laughs> Mage. Uh, no. <laughs> I was N. Ensign Haig, who is a Bolian, and like what I said, I, did you wear? I think I, I was. Oh gosh, I was a, I was a gold shirt. I was engineering, and I wanted to be. I wanted to run the shuttle bay because I was a big old nerd. Okay. Um, and then Daniel, yeah. what was your character? Oh, I was, uh, I was retroactively an Enterprise Andorian. Uh, on the on the TNG, um, not the the one terrible TNG Andorian we saw, uh, but um, 
I was in an Andorian blue shirt and some Thoven. Um, worked, I think. Where was I in, that? in the transporter room? No, no, you were, we done you were, you were <laughs> assistant <laughs> to the astrometrics. That's right, astrometrics. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember putting. Are you an assistant astrometrics <laughs> or assistant to the astrometrics? <laughs> assistant no, to no, yeah. the astrometrics. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was the first time I had ever uh, uh, GM'd um, a, a RPG, which I'm sure it showed. But um, it was and the first time I actually actually ever played one. But of course, uh, the Last Unicorn. Uh, for those who know what that means, that's the book I was using and still have. Um, and we played. Oh, probably I want this off the top of my head, so I'm probably getting it wrong. Five to six shows episodes it's like campaigns, five, five to six yeah whatever you want to call it and so it was i mean from a gm perspective it was really fun to write um and the way i did it um and, and had uh, daniel and darren playing their characters is it was set um at the beginning of uh season four tng so basically it started right after the borg attacks with fa- the episode family so basically gave them a, a, an opportunity for new officers to come on board the enterprise d and experience sort of the post borg world and little did they know when they were playing is i was running it concurrently with season four and so when they least expected it season four episodes would happen in the middle of their campaigns yeah, my my favorite part, which I don't know if this was your favorite part, Daniel, but my favorite part has to be when we were running the simulation on the holodeck and the events of <laughs> Brothers begin, where Data basically takes over the ship and locks everything out. And of course, we were running a Borg incursion program and almost <laughs> die. But and and yeah. the, I remember that moment we realized what was going on and we're just like. Oh, <laughs> crap. We are so dead. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that I agree. Like that I remember just laughing and having so much fun at that moment because like we're like, "Oh, we get it now. Now we see where we are. We understand what's happening. We still can't do anything about it, but <laughs> we we get it. We, we we don't have a better plan, but we know how just royally messed up we are." <laughs> Uh, Which was funny because you all were rolling too well for that. It was like, I want to do this. And like Daniel's like trying to like reroute something with his science skills. I'm like, oh, you just like busted everything. Okay, but I don't want you to leave yet. Um, (laughs) You've gotten through your level two (laughs) encryption. (laughs) Well, and and, but I, I liked how you did that with season four because in a way, that's one of the harder things to do, especially when you're starting a new game. You know, it's, it's all about like context and backstory and you often spend so much time, but you didn't have to. You could just say, this is literally the beginning of Brothers. And we're like, oh, we all know exactly what's <laughs> going on, you know. And uh, even if we haven't watched the episode recently, but uh, that was that was a lot of fun. We, we need to pick that up again at some point and do some more episodes. Well, it's no interactive VCR game, Darren. Well, we'll get to that. Well, I'm saving the best for last. So, uh, <laughs> but another game we played, you know, two times, I think, at least before, was uh, we, since we all own copies of Star Trek Seen It, which I think we've all protested that no one wants to play with us because we're all too good at Star Trek Seen It. Uh, but playing against each other, that is another story. Uh, but that was fun. I, it was a little bit cobbled together to get over the internet, but I think it worked rather well. Uh, but I think that was the always hard thing with those, like the, like star Wars trivial pursuit or things like that. It's like the questions get so bizarre that I'm like, yeah. that's not even, that's not a good How question. How many times just did a data blink in this scene? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, but what do you guys think of star Trek scene? It like, as far as a game, you know, playing with Trek friends, whether in person or, or online. 
Yeah, it, we had a good time doing it. Um, it. It is interesting, you know. Obviously, as the three of us are really big into, you know, like I feel like seeing it is kind of a casual kind of. A We're game. like level ten dungeon masters. Like. <laughs> yeah, so it's like. You know, you know, we'll, well, of course, but none of us have perfect memories, so we'll, we'll maybe we'll get tripped up uh, for a question or two. But generally, it's more about those like, Q episodes. Who gets the man, luck. <laughs> yeah, those Q episodes. Who gets the luckier role, kind of a mm. thing. But it, it was a good time. I, I, still I mean, enjoyed it. it was I, a lot of fun. This is yes. I, I was going to have some false sense of modesty, but screw it. Yeah, because I, I will fake not knowing when I play <laughs> against normals because I'm like, dude, if you haven't known all the Star Trek, I'm not helping you. I'm winning because the the part of field not haven't played seen it. Um, like if you get the answer right, you keep going. And so, I mean, if I play against someone who's not at level ten, they'll never roll the I think dice. We disabled that rule because <laughs> otherwise, I think Daniel had like this massive lead, and we're like, okay, next time we play, we're going to turn off that you keep going rule because otherwise, we're never going to get a question. Well, then we come to the best Star Trek game ever devised. I mean, I think it's easy to say. Oh, uh, is this is this about bridge mates? But, no, this is oh, no, we're getting we're getting there. Uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation Interactive VCR board game, a Klingon challenge. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, which is I'm, in the again, canon. We're talking in the parallel, or as as, as I like to call it, hashtag But that was fun. I mean, we were like what eight minutes away from destruction. At the end of that, you know, it was pretty well, close. I think because uh, at least I've never played it, and I know y'all two had, but I thought we were like under the gun. So I'm like, yeah, roll. All right, what's happening? <laughs> okay, okay. And you're like, like, we have like eight minutes left. You can. <laughs> I remember also when the first time warp happened, and you're like, wait, so we just lost like 10 <laughs> no, minutes? Like, <laughs> that's totally not fair. <laughs> My, what I remember now about that is, um, and. Listener, forgive me. I don't remember who it was that said this. Somebody on the Babel conference was like, "That was a really weird episode. You guys just did because you're because you're not watching us play. You're hearing yeah. us play. I mean, it's as good as we could do, but yeah, <laughs> that was that was a lot of. Fun. That's all they said. It's like they're like, I'm just gonna leave this comment here. And <laughs> that was the weirdest thing you've done. Oh, experience, experience, beige. <laughs> uh, but well i think what i think they should do if i was a better programmer i would love to make like a website that was the game so if you own the game mm-hmm. you could just go to this website and then like punch in variables like how many people are playing or what is your name all the names and it would basically be like an interactive website where once you start the game now it would pop up your name you wouldn't have to watch the timer as much you know I think, you know, taking that VCR technology just a little bit farther. Whoa, whoa, that's the pinnacle of Star Trek interactive gaming technology, Darren. I don't think we can... I mean, you know that if you failed, you could just go through a time warp and rewind that VHS tape to to be able to play again, but... Uh, but not Galron taught us many things about the app. But again, we love... He taught us, and I think this is a valuable life lesson, kids. Sometimes in life, you'll experience beige. It can be good beige, or it can be bad beige. You just have to go. But sometimes there's a computer malfunction, and that's actually the best thing that could happen to you that day. And you just got to roll <laughs> so When your it. email crashes, or you forgot to save that document you were working on for your final, just remember, you know, Kava could have been trying to take over your house, 
and that prevented him. But we love playing games and you know interacting in Star Trek so much that we made our own game, Philip. You you and we're so good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe sh- what well, no, the thing is we, we need some we, house it's... rules, Philip. I'm just <laughs> Well, or y'all get five points at the beginning of it? Is that your house rule? We allow our guests, you know, we just, you know, maybe they should win. You know, maybe we'll... So when we go in another happens. podcast and lose there, what's that about? We Shh. will, you know, <laughs> not to speak ahead. We're talking to Earl Grey fans here, Philip, not, not to the Journey fans. I think the thing about Star Trek The Next Generation, but Star Trek, of course, at all, is is how much fans have just been making stuff up throughout. I mean, fandoms. I mean, that's that's the whole thing, whether it's – because, I mean, you know, I'm not telling a story that people don't know already. But, like, the first Star Trek convention, it's like, oh, let's just get a group of people together. And, like, you know, tens of thousands of people show up, you know, at a hotel. And it's like, oh, okay, so this is a thing, right? So and, – and, you know, whether it's computer games or or – or, or anything else, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, there's stuff that's out there where you just make up your own stuff and, and go with it. Oh, yeah. It's like when you put the call out for people to rally around something they like. Um, and I'm trying to think, was Star Trek the first one that really kind of did a convention? Yeah, the, the kind of the convention culture came from, uh, from, from Star Trek. That, that's what I thought. I just wasn't 100% sure. Cell phones, tablets, conventions. <laughs> How many geekery things? Like, you know, so conventions, right? Slash. Star Trek created slash. So slash like, fiction. You're welcome, Tumblr. Um, you know, you know, fanfic, which is kind of like slash, but still. Um, but, you know, there's so many, like, geek things nowadays even even like uh, yeah. cosplaying probably came out of, of of you know the the um the convention kind of culture so i, in, I imagine in mass. at least i mean not completely like, but certainly when, to a degree when it really it has went some, from yeah i, yeah, I wanted to yeah. put on those pointed That's ears true. and pachu pachu it's like it's, it's like i mean in, here's an example from the trek fm family like there's that picture larry nemechek has of him making his own dr mccoy you know, oh, like dress yeah. uniform, you know, or even or even his the regular uniform when he was a kid because he couldn't find any McCoy stuff, you know, and that was, you know, in the in the 70s and, and all that stuff. And so before, you know, the word cosplay ever came into American language. So, yeah, no, it's it, yeah, it's a good fandom. It's uh, they got they, they got a couple things right. The best fandom. <laughs> well, we can say that because it's oh, a Star Trek podcast we're, we're doing snap. right now. So. <laughs> oh, but on Blue Milk, suddenly the story changes. Uh, yes, yes. Well, maybe I'll let you be a guest on Blue Milk, Philip. I don't know. May the milk be with you. <laughs> that is not going to be the catchphrase. Well, one last thing I wanted to say, just again about Starfleet uh, International and just you know getting together with uh, with Trek friends uh, is okay if. If Earl Grey were to start their own chapter of Starfleet International, so we need we need a ship, and we can't use the Enterprise guys. I'm just, Enterprise, oh, duh. lollipop, lollipop. Okay, good <laughs> ship, lollipop. Uh, what kind of ship is the lollipop, Philip? Um, it's big because we are the next generation, and we are in the excess of the '80s, where bigger is better, um, and we like our power. Is it like a sovereign? We like class? our power distributed in a way that makes sense. So you know, I think, I think, yeah, let's go, <laughs> let's go sovereign class. That way, we're kind of new too. So yeah, I can see. It. 
I mean, I think Daniel would agree with yeah. a sovereign class. I don't think he's so sovereign. Class class go sovereign or go yeah. home. And can it be USS Good Ship Lollipop? Like, literally the entire Does thing? Does it fit on the saucer? Of course, it's oval. It probably could, because you could really just ride around that whole <laughs> That's thing. That's why we got to go with the sovereign. <laughs> I mean, if this was like a little obrith, you couldn't okay. even fit. It's like you're, the, you're typing it out in the in the space dock and it like hits the end and it's just like oh man i gotta pick another username i can't yeah but then you're told that you have to rename the uh, ship because one just blew up so (laughs) (laughs) just the a boy uh we're gonna need another grissom would we (laughs) have would we have a special registry number well, here's here's the here's because actually, oh. and, and one thing I, I in in on my ship on the Bonaventure that I am, you know, you can have titles. I mean, there's a ca- the the only like mandatory titles are the captain and the first officer. Like every chapter has to have that, but the other ones like people either make up or do. That's more like command structure, like who's actually yeah, and, and the first, chapter. yeah, yeah, and like for instance, I'm the operations manager. Uh, the operations officer. Uh, I'm chief of operations. Are you sure it's not assistant <laughs> to the operations? <laughs> Which I know I'm not wearing yellow. I know, but anyway. So th- that was sort of one thing. I just wanted to have you know be on the senior staff there and like ensign cam, even though I was only an ensign at the time. Um, you know, but uh, you know. So what, what would be our ship ship positions? And we'll just say exclude captain for the moment. Oh, okay, okay. So um, so we'll, we'll table registry number, and uh, uh, we could always be an ISS ship and just. Just throw, <laughs> just be Everyone crazy. Everyone would grow goatees. Um, uh, sh- I don't know. I would. You mean like rank or like position? Uh, uh, whatever you want. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Um, Daniel, blue shirt, science officer. Go, <sighs> I got it. Well, I got go, it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd probably want to do like chief engineer. Like, I'd be. I like operations. Operations not bad. It's no blue shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on come on oh i'm sorry this ship is built for exploration and science but that's not a prestigious post to hold i'm sorry that makes a lot of sense <laughs> i'm sorry that's just too easy uh what, what would you be daniel uh in all seriousness uh, 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 uh i would be officer awesome in charge of science <laughs> all, all that's science? what i am thank you'd you be, very you'd much be, you'd be <laughs> the build eye of, of the ship, ship. Science rules. Science rules. Captain, we're getting some science. We've got 90% of the science. Dan, 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 Dan. What about you, Phil? Oh, goodness. Um, So have you taken both chief engineering and operations, like some sort of greedy hoarder? I mean, that's fine. I just want to make clear. No, no. I'm I'm chief chief engineer, just the one. okay. That's crazy mix and match yeah, stuff. I, w- I would take ops. I would take ops. And, like, for instance, like, you know, like, you know, just to throw things around. But I was like, well, I'm on, my, on the Bonaventure, I'm like, well, you know, I can, like, help make the reservations for where we go. Because we meet all everywhere. Because um, um, where I live, there's a bunch of cities around here. So we actually cha- take turns every month going to a different city. And so that way, you know, everyone can travel the same amount. And we get a larger footprint. So, like, make reservations. And also there's, there's, like, awards you can do and all that little stuff. So I try to make myself useful. But, yeah. So I would that definitely be awesome nice so we'll make uh we'll make Shar our captain she'll be our honorary captain because having a woman captain will track all of the cool the cool <laughs> nerds they'll just be like this is so awesome and uh you know uh, it's timely because we now have the women at warp show that's joining, right uh, that's the right so and no uh ship of the valkyrie jokes here on earl gray that's uh that's ttj <laughs> 
but okay okay so we got our sovereign class uss uh good ship lollipop with the uh, three bridge crew and you know because we're starting it we can start uh above the rank of ensign because you know We'll, we'll cheat there, but uh, and no, we're not officially starting a Starfleet International oh, already, chapter. Already got the domain uh, name registered. All right, and wait, wait, we're no, not. I I've mean, already... <laughs> we are starting a Starfleet oh, International gosh. chapter. Uh, tell us on the Babel Conference, friends, if if you want. What to position start would you be? Because we really need a assistant and, auxiliary power uh, crewman technician. So if anyone could be that, that would that'd be helpful. I mean, we need stellar cartography more than you know. And we need blue shirts in there, dang it. I mean, all the scenes we see in stellar cartography, they're not blue. It's just Picard and Data. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, the, there's the guy but, at the uh, bottom who's, like, operating, like, the, the chair to move around. <laughs> this isn't a planetarium. <laughs> He's got a vo- he does the voiceover. He's official blue shirt voiceover. Many eons ago... <laughs> This arm of the spiral galaxy was created Wait, when, is he saying, like, Morgan maybe Freeman like, is a blue shirt? <laughs> yes yes of course he is uh and james earl jones and anyone with a voiceover voice um kerrigan mahan you know everyone well he's blue face monkey but that's a whole nother podcast um well i really don't envy you philip in writing up the uh <laughs> discussion about this episode because we talked about a lot of things but if i had to wrap it up i would say um you know just Diving into the Star Trek fandom is not the only thing we're talking about here on Trek FM this week. Here's some other things you may have missed here on the network. Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit. The Vulcans came. Maybe it's a Vulcan Thanksgiving. The Vulcans came to Earth and we gave them corn. Okay. No, we gave them uh, whiskey. Well, I mean, corn whiskey then. Okay. Ah, all right. Ah, there all right, we go. Cool. The orb. I'd like to see the Borg assimilate Ferenginar, and then they would become bankers. You know, I could see... Oh, my gosh. I could see bankers. drones. Yeah, yeah. The, the world's <laughs> strictest bank ever. Right. I'm sorry, you have not paid your loan. You will be assimilated. <laughs> the nanites go into you. Yes. <laughs> the ready room. Oh, man. I can see, instead of Kirk, it's Mike Ditka throughout the entire He's <laughs> just, like, chewing the whole time. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Edith Killer must die. Oh, she's got to die. Commentary, Trek stars. The theme song, I mean, I, I guess it's cool. The thing that, that I was kind of struck by was the opening title sequence itself. Yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> it's None literally like <laughs> all three of them are running for their lives. The 602 Club. But I loved the scene with um, Lucy and Tumnus when they first meet because mm-hmm. that's a very yeah. vivid description in the book. Um and I felt like they, they really nailed that in terms of the way it looked. And, and the CGI was advanced enough so that um, James McAvoy really looked like he had fawn legs. and Literary Treks. Tell us about coming up with this, this story for the crew of the Enterprise. Where did it come from for you? And what were some of your inspirations for diving into these characters once again? Well, Troublesome Minds was such a book that it left me with 
as if I, I didn't quite finish. I'd come up with Troublesome Minds as an idea. That the, the idea was, what pushes Spock toward Colinar? Axonar, the official podcast. There is more to life than just get up, go to work, come home, watch TV, go to bed, repeat until dead. There's more to life than that. And I, I believe that uh, that's the essential magic of Star Trek is that it says it, it appeals to that that urge to get up off the couch, walk out the front door and go see what's out there. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows to get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zoom. Visit the Trek.fm website for the full Trek experience. You can view our podcast directory to stream the audio from all of our shows. If you would like to contact us, just go to trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose Message to a Trek FM Show and select Earl Grey. These messages will be relayed by Starfleet to the three of us. In social media, you'll find us on facebook.com slash trekfm, or join our Facebook listener discussion group called The Babel Conference. Find it by searching The Babel Conference on Facebook. Now let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor this week, audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. This is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Now, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. There's one more way you can directly help us to keep Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all our great content. So please become a patron and visit patreon.com slash trekfm today so and daniel when you're online researching your first cosplay costume uh where can people find you well uh they can find me at not the real picard no that's not true that's 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 not it um they can find me on twitter uh at one up dan that's the number one not the word and Philip, if people are happen to live in North Carolina and want to join up on your next away mission on the USS Bonaventure, where would they find you? Well, I dare them to do better. And they can find me on Twitter. Salt at NC- Shaker. No, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they can find me on Twitter at NC Public Servant. That's NC for the home of Starfleet International. And if someone wants to talk to me about that other fandom that has the word star in it, and uh, all of the great cosplay joy you can have uh, with that, preferably in ABS plastic. They can find me on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. Darren, when it comes to cosplay, you can't miss. Oh, boy. Oh, that's <laughs> sweet. <laughs> Don't think about that one. Well, guys, uh, I'm going to go order Daniel a red shirt so uh, he can join Philip and I. Uh, I mean, you can uh, you could do the uh, TOS, then we would all be different uh, different eras. 
or 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 okay okay i'll get you the blue shirt i'll get you the blue shirt thank you Jeez. thank you thank you live long and prosper engage the force be with you fire <laughs>